1: Coming up, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks from KCSN, which features three shows each week in Border War, hosted by former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins and Mizzou forward Jarrett Sutton. Ain't no seats with Ryan Reinhardt, Anthony Bax, and Brayden Turner. And Booth Review, covering Jayhawks football with Kent Swanson and weekly special guests. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Stay up to date on all things KU with KCSN. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks.
2: It's the season finale of Booth Review presented by Enprise Bank member FDIC, our wonderful partners, Impossible, over at Enprise Bank. Check them out uh, if you haven't had a chance to. Uh, I do my banking there, and you should check it out too. I am excited to be talking to Kevin Flaherty. Twenty four seven sports for the season finale. This is a big honor, Kevin. I hope you understand <laughs> that, right?
3: <laughs> I, I, I feel like I got, you know, a trophy or something to hang up here, you know, gets to be on season finale. And even if you aren't giving one out, I'm going to go straight to the store <laughs> and have one printed out. Probably on one of those old like mathletics trophies or something. I was hoping to put that up on bowling.
2: my was hoping for a little bowling action, but mathletics will do fine too. Uh Kevin man it's it's great to talk to you you know I haven't had a chance to do a, a show in the last couple weeks with the christmas schedule and all that stuff I had to watch the KU Arkansas game at, at initial watch kind of on my phone for oh, parts man. of it I was in a basement watching the overtimes from a computer uh just like freaking out Uh, you know, we had a lot, we had had a second Christmas we were dealing with. I know you were in Memphis. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but before we get into anything else, there was some breaking news today, uh, in the Kansas, uh, football Twitter sphere. Uh, Lonnie Phelps, the pass rusher formerly of Miami, Ohio transferred to Kansas for what ultimately wound up being one year. Uh, I believe second team, all big 12 pass rusher has declared for the NFL draft um, it's, a, it's a pretty big loss for this Kansas football team, Kevin.
3: Yeah, I think so. I, I think that it's going to be really tough for Kansas to be as good at, at that singular spot. I, I do think the one encouraging thing is is when you look across this roster, I think there's a chance that the defensive line as a whole and the defensive end group as a whole could be better. But I, I don't think there's any doubt when you're talking about losing a, an All-Big 12 guy a guy who wound up with seven sacks and a guy that quite frankly, you know, when he was healthy was really effective this year and, you know, went through some bouts with different things. But, uh, but what, what do you think from the NFL side of things? can cause cause you see these guys as prospects, you know, I, I see him a lot of times as, as high school kids coming into college, you see him as college guys going into the NFL. What do you, what do you think his chances are?
2: Well, I, I my initial thought with with him declaring for the NFL dra- draft was, um, you know, I'm not super surprised because like I, I think they, like if you look at if you look at Lonnie Phelps, the player, I think he's a very good college football player. Uh, when you look at some of the measurables, I'm curious what he's going to measure when it comes to density. Length is going to be a big one for him when people measure his arms. What are they going to look like? Because measurables are such a big factor in you know, in the edge rusher position at the next level, it it's it's kind of weird. You know, like a lot of people talk about traits over talent and traits over production. Not not talent. Traits over production is probably a better way of putting it. And there are plenty of guys that have had success in college as 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 pass rushers that it doesn't translate to the NFL the same way. It it's uh, you know, it, it, and the guys with the better athletic profiles that maybe don't have the same kind of production in college are. You know there is a higher hit rate than people realize. At the edge position specifically, it's more important. The athletic traits are more important than any position when we're doing yeah. our evaluations at the NFL level in in in, in football. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of metrics that talk about kind of density adjusted athleticism. If you can be explosive while you're in the two fifties and the two sixties, there's a strong indicator that you're going to have success as a pass rusher. Like Rashawn Gary is a guy that sure. freakish athletic traits uh didn't have elite production consistently at Michigan, but has figured it out at the NFL level. So, you know, that athleticism is highly predictive. I think Lonnie Phelps is gonna be a guy that he's probably maxed out physically. He's on no older prospect. Like he should be a senior in 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 college, you know, uh and he is a senior in college, I believe, just with an extra year he's electing to take uh, you know, to 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 forego any eligibility to go play in the league. So he's a full grown man. There's probably not much growth Uh, from a, from a physical perspective, his arms aren't going to grow any longer. And so I look at him and I say, he's probably not a guy that can benefit from being in college much longer. And I, I think he's a productive kind of role player. I think at the next level, his path to success is going to be as a speed rusher on third downs. Think of like what James Houston has done coming onto the scene from Jackson state last year. He's having a lot of success for the lions. Like it, that's, that's the high end, I think, version of what Lonnie Phelps could be. If if everything goes right for Lonnie Phelps, that's what he's kind of hoping for. Um, but I, I don't think there's, I don't think there was much to be had for him uh, to, to, to stick around much longer when it comes to his NFL draft stock. It kind of sounds from what I've seen on Twitter. I think Bryson, Bryson Stricker might've mentioned something about, you know, some NIL push, you know, going there to try to keep him. I understand that because he's a good college football player. But I, from an NFL draft perspective, you know, I, I, I think I, I think he's probably, you know, maxed out about where he is. And I think he's probably looking at a priority undrafted free agent status for me when it's all said and done.
3: Yeah, I covered a basketball player once who left after his junior year. and I said, you're a smart guy. Nobody has you projected drafted. You know, why'd you go? And he said, you know, I'm short and fat right now. I'm still going to be short and fat in a year and i'm not saying that lonnie phelps is short and fat but <laughs> similar situation in yeah. that you can look at it and say the things that would maybe turn an nfl scout onto me as a player are not necessarily things that i'm going to develop in that extra year mm-hmm. and so i i do think it makes a lot of sense for for him to go ahead and go
2: you want to know about uh you want to talk a little nfl draft prospects i don't think that Lonnie Phelps is the best defensive line prospect that the, the Kansas Jayhawks have on their roster. Uh,
3: I I would be interested to see who you say is the best. Is, I, is I, I got to ask real quick, yes. is it a guy currently on the roster or a guy that they've gotten through the transfer portal?
2: I, I know, I know where you're going with the transfer portal, yeah. but I think there's a guy that has already displayed a lot more, um, uh, on-field productivity but has some very interesting traits on their defensive line if you want to guess go for it
3: uh is it jeremy robinson it
2: is jeremy robinson uh, that guy uh, i i was talking to someone today i'm not sure that jeremy robinson isn't their, uh isn't their best draft prospect period and i know that there's some interesting guys i think that i think ku has a lot of Day three type prospects, sure. Uh, which having four or five day three prospects is massive. By the way, for the growth of your program, like that's not nothing. That's not that's not something to just like turn your nose to. Having even four, three or four day day three three type prospects over the next few years or four or five, whatever it is, that's that's progress and that's very valuable to your program. Jeremy Robinson, man, I, length density, like yep. we talked about. Like we just got done talking about, but the fluidity through his frame is 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 unique to his body type, where like those are the kind of traits that NFL teams love. Yeah. Uh absolutely love. And so um I'm I'm very, very interested in uh in in uh in Jeremy Robinson as a as a pass rusher. And you saw, hey, look, he can bend, he can turn the corner, he can win. You know, with a little w- with a little speed rush off the edge, he can win with power. You know, showed a great motor. There's some very very interesting traits with with a Jeremy Robinson. I think he's I think he's the top. He might be the most draftable prospect for me right now for this football. Well,
3: season. and his growth curve uh, that's something that yes. you look at when you look at somebody yes. growing and and when you look at where he was as a high school senior and, and you watch the tape. You know, he showed a lot of those fl- the fluidity, change of direction, things like that. But he was doing it in a 215, 220 pound body, and so the growth that you've seen him make from that point, and also just year by year, sort of stacking that at Kansas, uh, I think is very positive. The the guy that I was mentioning, you know, through the portal, uh, I'm a huge Austin Booker fan. Let's talk. Uh,
2: hey, let's talk all defensive linemen on the portal real quick, right? Yeah, just from the sure. portal, because like I think that's a good little transition here, because I mean like that this group of defensive linemen like that they've brought in as we talked about, I think we've talked about this on air, Kevin, about, Hey, biggest needs for this football team moving forward. It's the defensive line. And here yep. we are.
3: Yeah. It is it kind of funny. Um, Kansas offered uh gauge keys defensive tackle from, uh, from Minnesota and you go th- to their profile on Twitter to see, you know, okay, does he have any practice clips up anything newer than, than what you would find on huddle. And a couple little uh, – a couple tweets down, he was retweeting a teammate of his who had just entered the portal, and it was Austin Booker. And I just threw on Booker's tape, and immediately – I guess we call Scott Chase a loose acquaintance of the show, you know?
4: Um, <laughs> he's, he's Michael
3: Swain can maybe qualify as a friend of the show. Oh, Swain's I, I, a huge friend. Th- that's what I'm saying. So I – I immediately called Swain and I said, you know, this Gage Keys kid, he's interesting. He's a no doubt take. I was like, but Austin Booker, you know, Kansas needs to get on that guy. And they hadn't offered him yet, but I'm sure that they had already started that process. And so for Kansas to not only go ahead and offer that kid, but get him in, Kent, he's he's six foot six, 245 pounds, the kind of length twitch explosion that you just don't see from other guys on that defensive line. And, and the thing that I really liked from the Minnesota practice tape that I saw was he converted speed to power really well. When he didn't automatically win the edge, you know, get around a guy, he had no problems putting his foot in the ground and using using his length to cause problems for people going up through their chest. And so I, I think he's somebody that I really like moving forward. Keys is really interesting in that he's a different defensive tackle than they've had. You know, last year you think about, they had all these guys who, who kind of won with strength and even though they played a, a one gap system, all those guys were kind of recruited to be two gap guys. And Keezy is sort of your prototypical one gap three technique. You know, he's a guy that can put his hand in the dirt. He's a little bit skinnier being, you know, six five two eighty. 280 I think the staff Oh, still get to be 290 or so before the season starts. But Kent, this is a team that didn't get much pass rush outside of Lonnie Phelps at a lot of instances and, and certainly not necessarily initial wins from the interior defensive line. Maybe that's an area where, where keys can help them out where they weren't currently getting production at a high level.
2: Well, and I think, you know, like the, the types of guys that they're going to have up front is going to just change exponentially with what they've kind of had at this point. You're going to see more Tommy Dunn and, and DJ Withers on top of a Gage Keys, Devin Phillips in the mix as well. Like, that's a different type of group that you've gotten. You more more time to develop physically for all these guys and, and the Jeremy Robinsons of the world. I'm excited to see what this defensive line is going to look like next year. It's I genuinely believe this defensive line will be better more physical, more athletic, uh, than they have been this year. And I think that could be a big, big thing for, uh, for the growth of this program and for the growth of that defense, make sure you're hitting the like button, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. If you're watching, this
1: helps us grow the channel. We really appreciate you. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
4: Kevin,
2: I uh, I know you were at the game. You were at the Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bowl in Memphis. And I was insanely jealous of it. I mean, I wasn't insanely jealous of having to drink the water. But I was insanely jealous of getting an opportunity to be at a KU Bowl game. Because I mean, it's been 14 years since this program. Has, you know, has played in one in a lot of ways. I don't know if the results mattered, uh, even if even if KU hadn't made that comeback. I think KU reaped the benefits of the opportunity to be together for you know another month. But getting to see this team respond the way they did. What was it like being at the Liberty Bowl and experiencing that whole ordeal? Honestly, just the whole ordeal.
3: Yeah, you know, this was my first time going to a bowl game as a spectator because, you know, I had covered the Mangino bowl games as a reporter. Then I covered, you know, when I covered Texas, I covered bowl games as a reporter. And so this was my first time really being in the stands and and being a part of all that. Kansas gets down early, you know, a lot of it based on their own mistakes and kind of tripping over their own feet. And it's funny, Kent, because I I think – when you look at Sam Pittman really giving Kansas a chance to, to get back into that ball game (laughs) in in terms of, you know, they were trying to run the clock out, you know, in the third quarter. And, you know, so you're sitting there in the fourth quarter and and everybody's kind of grumbling and they're saying, well, just get a score here and make, make the final score not look so bad. Right. And so you get to 15 and you're feeling like, okay, you know, maybe, Maybe there's a chance here. You know, Jalen Daniels leads them down. They go for it on fourth down. The pass to the tight end is incomplete. A bunch of fans start leaving. And you're just, you're just sitting there like, okay, it's a bowl game. We'll stick this thing out. Obviously, you get the fumble that some will say was not a fumble. You go down, you score a touchdown, and it's like, okay, that's great. It's a one-score game. You're going to lose by one score. Nobody ever gets the onside kick. And then the most perfect onside kick in the history of mankind happened. <laughs> people, are, people are jumping around, you know, like it, I can't even describe it. Yeah. You know, it, people are, you know, hugging strangers and things like that. And then you're like, okay, you still got to go down and score. And they do that. And then you say, okay, they still got to get a two point conversion. And they do that. And I, I just, I can't even describe the scene because, The Kansas side was like that gif, you know, that people show of the bar where everybody's throwing up the water and everything. And the, and the Arkansas side was just dead silent. And I think everybody kind of felt like, well, you're going into overtime. It's a possession by possession thing. You know, there's still a fairly solid chance you lose this, but I, I think at that point it was so worth it for everybody who, who was there and the response that they had to, to go ahead and close that thing down like that. For
2: sure. And when I watched the game, I didn't feel the the first half did not reflect where those two programs were at. Yeah. Didn't reflect those two teams, even their season. The second half didn't reflect those two teams in their season. (laughs) either, But I just I, I I feel like the end result was about what it should have been. I don't think Kansas should have won that football game. They made enough mistakes, you know, and like obviously, they got a gift and an opportunity. but, they also showed you the reasons why this team has put themselves in the position that they put themselves in because you got to see the offense kind of get back into a rhythm and back into a swing of things. You saw Jalen Daniels take over a second oh half. My where, gosh. I mean, the first half was a little shaky, and he was trying too hard. I think there was some mistakes on – I don't think all the mistakes that were that led to, you know, led to turnovers and stuff were necessarily all on him. I don't want to get sure. into it, but there was definitely at least one of those interceptions where – I think uh, a receiver might have had a little bit of blame. Um, But I just what you saw in the second half of that game where this team just this team got hot. They got into a rhythm throwing the football. I think Jalen Daniels, what the thing I got so excited about and so, you know, encouraged to see was just. It looked like the old version of himself where the Texas game and the K-State game wasn't necessarily what we've seen out of you know what, what the version of Jalen Daniels that led this team to a 5 and0 start the legs using the legs a little bit more more confidence in the shoulder uh, in this in this in the second half of that, and just in that game in general actually actively using his legs and being more involved in the run game and you saw what a healthy version of Jalen Daniels can do for a football team it can elevate a football team it can the best version of Jalen Daniels is really hard to beat. And if you let him get hot the way he did and the way that he did against, you know, against Arkansas and the, the dominance with the situational football, I thought he, I think he played really great in some situational football late. Like that's the reason you get excited. And that's the reason you get encouraged because that whole group's coming back. That whole group yep. is back on the offensive side of the ball. I'm sure they're going to try to add some more talent into the mix. Uh, they've already got their left tackle for next year. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about what that team showed the ceiling that they showed in the second half of that game against an SEC opponent.
3: Well, and you know, you, you see it. I, I see from a, a fan's perspective, you see from, you know, more of an analytical perspective, but, what Patrick Mahomes does every week and how Kansas city can sort of shuffle receivers in and out. Right. And, and Patrick Mahomes can still find a big third down play to Watson or Sky Moore, or, you know, somebody like that. Jalen Daniels was in a hugely clutch situation facing a second and 29 and hit Kevin Terry for a 30 yard first down. And on the very next play hits Douglas a for a touchdown. And, And so I'm not saying that Jalen Daniels is Patrick Mahomes, but what I am saying is, you know, Kansas's receivers, I feel like even the starters have been maybe a little bit of one note guys. Like they do that one job that they have and they do it extremely well. Those guys were exhausted, they were out of the game. Kansas had to go to some guys who hadn't necessarily been in those sorts of situations. And they still moved the ball and they still, you know, they were still able to score. It it was, it was an unbelievable performance. And and one of those things where I think if you went back and watched and and if you were there and saw the difference in the players on the hoof, I think you would have said, you know, oh, Arkansas looks, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, better. But the best player on the field was Jalen Daniels. And and that gave Kansas a chance to win in a a game that, quite frankly, it, it was far from perfect in
2: oh yeah like they they shot themselves in the foot so much and put themselves behind yep. the eight ball so quickly uh and then the, the to respond the way they did uh i mean even defensively i i think are you know it was a lot better than like it, i think that's the kind of the case it's the, the defense gets you know kind of dunked on a lot and yeah. maybe it's not completely warranted and you know i i, I think i yes they gave up a a lot of points, but situational football put them behind the eight ball. Uh, they came up big for a stretch of football that allowed KU's offense to get hot. And, and so I, I don't know. I, 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 there's the, the, the elements of this football team, the pieces of this football team, the progress of this football team has been revealed in every area except special teams. And, but, but it's the big, you know, the offensive and defensive side of the football, I think you've seen a lot of growth, a lot of reasons for optimism. You've seen young guys step up and play that are gaining valuable experience that are now going to get another year with Matt Gildersleeve to, to get physically, you know, fit and ready for, you know, the rigors of a, of a tough big 12 schedule next year. Like, I don't know. There's no reason to be anything but optimist, optimistic about what you saw this football team put out even in the last game of the season. Yes, it was ugly for stretches, but I just think you saw enough that like okay, this team has shown all the building blocks to be a successful program and now it's a matter of getting bigger, stronger, deeper uh, and continuing to add talent into the into the rooms of, of that of that team.
3: Yeah, and I thought you saw some of the transfers really start to break out over the course of the season, too. I, I thought Marvin Grant was significantly mm-hmm. better at the end of the year.
2: I, um, I, with, I think he might have been their best safety the last half of the year.
3: Yeah, and so you you look at, at Kenny Logan, O.J. Burroughs, Marvin Grant. Uh, I think those three are going to be on pretty equal footing next yeah. year, and they've got some other safeties who can plug in there a guy that I, I know you liked even early on in the year, but I thought at the end of the year was playing as well as anybody was Craig Young, you yep. know, and, and it wasn't just at the end of the year, but everything they asked that guy to do. I mean, there were times when he was maybe KU's best pass rusher.
2: K-State and, game.
3: Yeah. And, and he went made a play. Yeah. And the, and there are other times, a lot more times where they basically said, Hey, Go guard this five foot nine slot receiver, you know, as a as a linebacker, and mm-hmm. I thought he acquitted himself really well. And is mm-hmm. uh, is a really unique talent, but you know, talking about that learning curve, I think that a guy like Craig Young is only going to be that much better next year in his second year doing that. Yeah. I think Marvin Grant is only going to be better next year in his second year in the system and guys like that. And so one of the things we talked a little bit earlier about defensive end, they brought in two junior college defensive ends in this year's class, had them sit basically Davion Westmoreland played a little bit at times, but those were both guys that they viewed as projects that, Hey, we're going to come in. Dean Miller, they're, Is they're Dean, Dean, Dean Miller the second one? Dean Miller. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. they're going to, Get their feet wet, you know. We're going to get them in the weight room, do all these different things, and then in year two, these are guys that are are potentially going to be able to to make us deeper and, and better. And I think that you're going to see a lot more of of those guys as well, who who kind of maybe if they didn't break out this year, they still had that experience of their in their first year of the program.
2: I'm curious. Dean Miller is one of the guys I'm most curious about coming yeah. into the next year, just because I think everybody. That is paying super close attention to this football team is all fascinated to see how much weight that they can put on Dean Miller because that's one of the big questions for him. Sure. Uh, he's kind of a slender guy, uh, slender build. And if they're able to hold and put some weight, get him up to the you know the 230s, somewhere in the 230s, that'd be a, a massive win for this football program. Allow him to play, you know, kind of that 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 weak side defensive end, uh, and, and rush the passer a little bit with some speed. So like, I think that's one guy that I'm kind of curious about moving forward. So uh, I, I do want to talk to you, Kevin, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the future of the program. We're optimistic sure. about a lot of different things. We're looking at, um, you know, the, the, KU just signed a recruit, you know, a bunch of recruits uh, on the, on the freshman, you know, some, some incoming freshmen, they've added some transfers into the mix. Uh, give me one high school prospect outside of Kev- Calvin Clemens
3: that you are really excited about. Uh, in this Jayhawk class, you know, it's funny because I, I warned a lot of people because I, I've been seeing people saying, well, Calvin Clements or Jaden ham, you know, these guys are are going to need to be, er- be ready early on. And, and I actually think that's the opposite. Those are the, you know, maybe the two highest rated guys, but I think those are guys that you're going to see come up, you know, three years down the road. I'm super high on Jamil Croft, the cornerback out of, out of, uh, Detroit. Martin Luther King, I, I think he's got size and and traits. I don't know if it's going to be enough for him to play in year one. Um, I think Johnny Thompson might play in year one, the running back out of Oaks Christian. Yeah. He's a scat back who's got explosion, gives a little bit different element, and I don't think they're afraid to play young running backs as part of that rotation. But the one guy, because you said one guy and I've named about seven. You named right? all
2: of them. <laughs>
3: yeah. The one guy that I think is kind of off the radar and I can't figure out why. And Kent, I'm really excited for you to watch this tape if you haven't already is Logan Brantley. Mm. Because Logan Brantley, you know, we have our 24 7 sports rankings and then there's the 24 7 sports composite rankings, which are basically the big recruiting services all thrown together to give you sort of your average. By composite, he's the second lowest-ranked guy in KU's class. He gives you so much of what Craig Young gives you. And I'm not saying that he's a 10-5 guy, but you watch his tape. He's an exceptional football player with just really good athleticism. Uh, I think he fits their linebacker spots really well. I think he could fit multiple linebacker spots in that defense really well. But Logan Brantley is a guy that maybe – I feel like people aren't talking about, but you watch the senior tape and you think, man, people should be talking about this guy, the linebacker from Colorado.
2: I think some people are probably excited the, that uh, the positionally too, because like, sure. you know, you think you look at, I think linebackers are place This group can improve. Uh, Lance Leipold said he'd be a team. He'll be a team captain before it's all said and done <laughs> at Kansas. That was, that was a quote about Logan Brantley. So uh, I'm excited to get eyes on him. Uh, I'm excited about the future of this program. I mean there's there's so many reasons to be optimistic and excited about what we've seen from this group and you know in, in such a short amount of time and now you've given a a whole re, a whole recruiting class a chance to redshirt and develop and get their feet wet they really didn't have a lot of true freshman contribution uh and I don't think I think their entire did their entire re- freshman class redshirted I believe
3: yeah yeah I think so and, yeah. and there were and there were some solid guys in that class and it's funny we talked about the three safeties Coming back, I thought they did an exceptional job recruiting safety in last year's class with Caleb Purdy. I thought it was a guy that mm-hmm. has a chance to be, you know, a really big time safety. And then one of my favorites is Mason Ellis, the safety out of Mulvane, Kansas, who came to KU's camp, measured six to barefoot and ran four, four, five. And so if you're if you're that size and can run like that and he's a he's a good football player, too. The good news is, is when guys like Jamil Croft break in now, it's going to be camp because they're good enough. It's mm-hmm. not going to be because, hey, we need a body and this freshman, you know, he has to play in, in order it, because you just don't have anybody else. And so I think when you're talking about positives with the program, I, I think that's one of the things that maybe I would be most excited about. It's just the fact that, hey, even even if they hit on some of these freshmen, if they play right away, if Jaden Ham plays right away, it's because he's a badass. It's not because they're bad at tight end.
2: Yeah, it's kind of the same way it was with with the with some of the positions this year. Just because the train, yeah. just because they got big transfers to come into certain positions, doesn't mean that Taiwan Hill didn't there not opportunity. You know, everybody was like worried about Eric Gilliard not starting, and Eric Gilliard's already on the greener pastures because. And I'm not knocking Eric Gilliard. I'm just saying. Eric Gillard was struggling to find find time this year. Sure. He wasn't he was playing in a very limited capacity cuz other guys beat him out. Guys that were here that were that stuck around at, at KU that were already here like a Taiwan Barry Hill, they they beat him out. So I mean credit credit to to what this program's you know doing and credit to how this this group's building. Uh Kevin, thanks for thanks for coming on uh again, buddy. I'm sure we'll have you on next year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, sounds good. We should try and do an off-season version from uh from one of these barbecue haunts though i i think oh. that might uh i think that might be a good idea even if we wind up with you know sauce all over the face and everything it can it can just be a thing
2: i've heard a lot of worse ideas uh this is this <laughs> most keeps- for me <laughs> uh we need we might need to do like a we might need to do like a second signing day uh um, yeah to if, if KU's added some guys or something like that but uh this has been the season finale of Booth Review thank you everyone that has watched that has listened to this show uh thanks to Scott Chasen I guess for his contributions We're over loose acquaintance of the show the loose acquaintance of the show uh but it's been an absolute pleasure to be part of uh the conversation of Kansas football this year looking forward to next year thank you everybody we'll catch you later